Looking for a unique online gaming experience? Well, Golden Nuggets Online Live Dealer Games are changing the way people play online in New Jersey. Broadcast live from an exclusive studio at the Golden Nugget Atlantic City and stream directly to you, the player, on your smartphone or your laptop, Live Dealer creates a true casino floor experience online. Play blackjack, roulette, baccarat. All these are available seven days a week from 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. live in real time on New Jersey's most innovative online gaming site. The dealers even have their own unique personalities talking to you as they deal the cards. It's almost like being in the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City. As long as you're within New Jersey limits, you can play wherever you happen to be or on the go. Get started today at GoldenNuggetCasino.com and take part in the newest and most unique online gaming experience a casino can offer. Golden Nuggets Online Live Dealer, truly the next evolution of online gaming. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey only, problem gambler, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, your host for the hour. And what an hour it is going to be. Uh, Those of you who don't think you're very interested in literature or reading, you've got to make an exception for the author that we are about to have on. His name is Bill Friedman. He has written the most extraordinary, detailed, interesting book, On the Mob, it's called 30 Illegal Years to the Strip. He writes about Ben Siegel, Meyer Lansky, Lucky Luciano, and a host of other people. Those of you that have seen The Godfather, Casino, Goodfellas, who are interested in this subject, uh, you're going to learn things that show you that the movies are all fiction, and you're going to be just spellbound. So stay tuned. We're going to be on for the full show with Bill Friedman, author of 30 Illegal Years to the Strip. We'll be right back. Do you have what it takes to compete against the best in the world? Find out at the 14th Annual Borgata Poker Open, September 6th through the 23rd. Test your skills during two weeks of checking, raising, calling, and bluffing your way to the top spot during over 40 events. Enter to win your share of Borgata's largest poker prize pool of the year in Borgata's largest poker tournament of the year. The televised WPT Borgata Poker Open Championship starts September 18th with a $3 million guaranteed prize pool. Catch all the action of the final tables for the $2 million guaranteed deep stack kickoff. The $1 million guaranteed Almighty Stack and the WPT Borgata Poker Open Championship in exclusive live streamed events at theborgata.com. The 2016 Borgata Poker Open at Borgata in Atlantic City, September 6th through the 23rd. Satellite your way into Borgata Poker Open events online at borgatapoker.com. For tournament details and live streamed events, visit theborgata.com. Available in New Jersey only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards, and you know this show keeps me busy traveling around the country. Do you hear all that noise behind me? That's a casino floor in Atlantic City. Even though I'm around all this excitement, I still need a good night's sleep, and that's why I bring my pillow everywhere. Now, don't get me wrong, the hotel rooms here are very comfortable, but some of their pillows aren't the best for my back and neck. That's why my pillow is a must for me when I travel. And right now, my pillow is offering a special four for one deal. You get two my pillow premiums and two go anywhere travel pillows. All for the price of one MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913. Click on or mention Radio Listener Special and use promo code CARDS, C-A-R-D-S, at checkout. MyPillow comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, a 10-year warranty, and hey, you can even wash and dry it. You deserve a restful, deep, comfortable, and like me, healing night's sleep. That's the Radio Listener Special at MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913 and use promo code CARDS. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. 
Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. This was what I was meant to do. This was where I was supposed to be. Movie stars in Hollywood, politicians in Washington. Gamblers in Vegas. Yeah. And all is right with the world. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, your host. And uh, for those of you that can, I recommend you go to the bathroom, get something to eat, because you are not going to want to leave your radio for the next 30 minutes. We're going to be talking to one of the, maybe not one of, the most knowledgeable guys about the mob and Las Vegas in the world, I think it's fair to say. He's certainly done the most research. He certainly has the most uh, well-footnoted, annotated, researched books on the subject. His name is Bill Friedman. He has written what is a masterpiece, in my view, 30 Illegal Years to the Strip, uh, and we're going to talk to him about the stories that make up this book. So let me just first of all make sure Bill is there. Bill, are you there? I'm here. Terrific. Tell our listeners who may not be familiar with your name, I wasn't, what your background is and how it is you came to do the research and do the writing that makes up this astonishing, wonderful book. Well, it, it all started uh, when I was seven years old, and my parents took me. I lived in Oakland, and uh, they took me for a week at, to a friend's cabin at Lake Tahoe, and they had one casino called the Calneva Lodge. My parents took me there to eat, and I saw the de- blackjack dealers dealing and I was so fascinated with the way they held the car, handled the cards and the chips. I went home and at seven told everybody I was going to be a Las Vegas casino dealer. <laughs> and every kid I knew was either going to be a cop or a fireman. <laughs> so when I turned 21, I went to Nevada, couldn't find a job in uh, Vegas. But I ended up with the what was then a new casino, the Sahara Tahoe, which was then the biggest casino in the world. And I started there as a blackjack dealer. And Nevada never had a homegrown casino industry. When they legalized it, every time they'd open or expand a place, they'd have to bring in illegal uh, casino executives and dealers from around the country. So the guys behind me, for the most part, the pit bosses, um, had been in illegal gambling, and it just fascinated me. So every night I tried to talk one or more of them to go out and have a a late-night toddy, and I just listened to their stories. And what I learned was these were the most independent guys I've ever heard of. Um, They used to talk to me about police protection. But uh, as I listened, I realized it was nothing but bribery to keep the police from harassing them. They got no protection. If they were robbed, if someone tried to take over their territory, uh, they couldn't call 911 from an illegal casino. So these guys, all of them, were tough as nails, and most of them had hearts of gold. And I wanted to write the story, but I didn't have uh, any way to do it, working 40 hours a week. And I had a dream, and one day I get, beginning of the Vietnam War, I get a draft notice, and I declared as a conscientious objector. So uh, let's, let me want to stop. I want to stop you there because I read that in the book, and you know I know a lot of stories about COs and how they did it. I, pause a few moments and tell us what your argument was and why it was persuasive to a draft board that really wasn't big on giving a whole lot of CO status out to uh, people that said they were conscientious objectors. I'm not sure 
we talked, they had people who specialized in this, and they talked with me about what my beliefs were. And then they had the FBI go and talk to everyone in my background. And I can't tell you the specifics of when they said this guy is legitimate and that guy wasn't. I wasn't clear on it myself. Okay. so I, I could only tell them what was in my heart. And after going over it, they not only believed it, but the FBI found out that I got myself into a very unique situation. Um, I was hanging out with all of these gangsters and, and uh, guys that had broken the law all their lives, and I was part of their culture. I never committed a felony in my life, but I was part of their social world. And this was very impressive then because the head of the FBI for 48 years, J. Edgar Hoover, said there was no organized crime in America, there was no mafia, and the FBI never investigated it. So they said, you have a choice. You can either do what we do with conscientious objectors and spend two years cleaning bedpans in the hospital near your home, because we don't want you to benefit from this designation, or in your case, we'll uh, authorize you to spend two years researching how organized crime operates, how it developed, and use all of the resources you've got. And and of course, you know, you what can a tough choice tough that was. This was all. Oh, it was difficult. It was really difficult. So. so just pause one second with me again, and again, we're going to come back after a quick break. So when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear, the rescue dog, was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur. And LeVette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work. So I've been hearing Dinovite on the radio for years. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until I was just at a dead end. And then it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin. And all right, (laughs) I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dinovite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch and itch, and he started to put weight on. It was was awesome. He makes us feel like we saved him. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dinovite for 90 days. I wish that we would have started the Dinovite right away. It would have been so much easier. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. You're listening to the House of Cards. How lucky you are. With Ashley Adams. I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. Who the hell do you think you are? Hi, listeners. Welcome back to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, your host for the hour. Listeners, we're talking to Bill Friedman, who has written what I think is the most extraordinary book on the mob and on Las Vegas. What made these hardened mobsters, and I'm not trying to unfairly depict them, but these were guys that didn't trust people as a matter of their livelihood and their lives. Why did they talk to you? And um, I'll try to... uh, uh guess at that one because I think about the hardest thing there is is to understand how other people view us. I have a feeling uh, all these guys had second grade educations. 
Uh, I had a college education. I knew had good friends in the industry, never admitted they went to college because they were afraid they would offend these guys and get fired. And they just loved me. They called me the professor. Um, I'm, I'm thinking I must have been some kind of nerd. I was obviously fascinated with them. I, I just loved uh, their personal values as well. And something out of there clicked. And then, of course, over the years, because this started 48 years ago, uh, over the years, everyone learned to trust me because there was never any repercussions. <clears throat> but one of the things that um, uh, I learned uh, early on, because uh, if you talk to anyone who lived in Las Vegas before 1980, it's extremely likely they'll tell you the town was a lot better when the mob ran it. And this sounds crazy to anybody who lives in a town with organized crime because it preys on the citizens. And as I studied the patterns that I was looking at, I realized that these were all gamblers. And gamblers, although part of organized crime and out to get your money, are different. They become gamblers because they don't want to physically hurt you. And virtually none of the people who built Las Vegas, who came out of these illegal casinos, ever committed a crime except for gambling and during Prohibition liquor. Um, they, they took what we call the victimless crimes. They wanted to make a lot of money, but they didn't want to hurt anyone. So it made them very different. I mean, these were men I wasn't just researching. These were guys that I really cared about. So, okay, you're saying that they may have been criminals, they may have been mobsters in the sense that they were a group of people that controlled an industry, but they were not violent. What I want to ask you about then, Bill, is it, if is it a myth that the way casinos used to deal with cheaters was to kill them and bury them out in the desert, or is that made up? That's made up. I never, ever heard of a killing I heard uh, literally about very little more than a handful of serious beatings. One became very famous at the horseshoe, so your people will probably know about it. That was one of the worst things. And you can't believe the reaction of all of the old-timers. I mean, that was so out of line to them. Uh, uh, In other words... These guys believed in self-defense. There wasn't one of them. If you threatened them, they wouldn't try to kill you first. But I never knew of one of these guys to push anyone around. So although there was a few beatings, um, this whole thing of violence in the industry has been uh, way overplayed. Uh, There was a TV show a couple years ago about Sheriff Ralph Lamb. And in the first eight uh, episodes... They have a gangland-style killing in, the, in Las Vegas. The fact is, in the history of Nevada and the casino industries now well over three-quarters of a century, there has never been a gangland-style killing of anybody in the industry um, in Nevada. Now, there was a handful outside. Ben Siegel was killed in Beverly Hills. It's not that it never happened. But it was extremely rare, and there are no missing bodies. If you kill somebody who's an executive or owner of a casino, they have parents, they have spouses, they have children. There ain't nobody missing. So that's all been made up out of whole cloth. Exactly. It's pure fiction. Okay. Well, you know what? When you tell me that that's fiction, it makes me think that there's a ton of fiction in the stories about these gamblers. Why don't you, for our listeners, and I know in your book you do this extensively, and by the way, listeners, you have never seen a book, even an academic book, that is better footnoted or endnoted than this one. It's about, I'd say, a good sixth of the book physically are just notes that document all the stuff that Bill writes about. But Bill, why don't you give us a few other things that people think they know that they got wrong? Well, just to give you an idea of what the industry was really like, the two most notorious gangsters that lived there was a man that the poker people listening will 
probably know well, Benny Binion. Yes. At the Horseshoe in downtown Las Vegas, the man who kept a very low profile. I'm the only person in the uh, press he ever talked to, and his name was Mo Dalitz. And I'll start real quick with him to show you the two kinds of people we had in town. Dalitz uh, was Jewish at a time when the mafia gangs, the Sicilian-Italian mafia gangs, ran the country, so he had no power. But he was a man who knew how to network and was one of the most influential men in organized crime there was. And when he came out of Cleveland, where he had run uh, a major prohibition operation and many illegal uh, casinos, uh, one had the largest showroom in America, he came and he built the Desert Inn on the Las Vegas Strip, which was the first high-rolling place. And then a few years later, he built the Stardust, which was the biggest hotel in the world, the biggest casino. And he's the only person I've ever heard of who had both the best gourmet room in town and the best hot dog stand. <laughs> he catered to every economic group like no one I've ever seen. Well, this man was tied to organized crime. He didn't do their, th their thing. He was so influential. Uh, it was unbelievable uh, when things would come up, and I'd be around him or his associates. If someone was having a problem somewhere, he always knew exactly who to call and straighten it out. Now, Benny Binion was a very different kind of man. <clears throat> Excuse me. He'd never been part of a gang. He never would tell me about his days in Dallas beyond the one crap table he ran in a suite in a hotel for very high-end players. I don't know what his relationship was. Most of these guys, I know their backgrounds. I just didn't have the contacts in Dallas. But he never belonged to the gang. Did he have to pay off if there was a major gang there, which there was? Very likely. But he himself was a very, very independent man. Uh, he walked the streets by himself. He was ready to take on all takers. Um, he didn't get involved in prohibition. Uh, he was a gambler, pure and simple, and he, he did it all himself, but he was tough as nails, and both men died of old age because they stood up to everybody. So he uh, was completely the opposite of Mo, totally tied to these guys. However, he knew them. Um, they loved him, and uh, and and but but he didn't have influence with them. They just thought he was a great guy, like everybody else who knew him. We'll be right back. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with high-quality gaming suede and suited speed cloths. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a pro-caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code HOC Radio when you check out at ProCaliberPoker.com or when ordering by phone at 240-25-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. Remember, to get your free gift when ordering your poker table, use offer code HOC Radio. That's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O. Order by phone at 240-257-6537 or online at ProCaliberPoker.com. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Hi, listeners. It's Ashley Adams, and I wanted to take a minute to talk about my pillow. I'm sure you've seen or heard the commercials about this hugely successful product made in the USA. Sleeping well, I've found, contributes to playing poker well. And I can tell you that this pillow, my pillow, which I've been using, has helped me sleep longer and more deeply. And now my pillow is offering a four for one deal. You can get two MyPillow premiums and two go anywhere travel pillows, all for the price of one MyPillow. 
Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913. Click on or mention Radio Listener Special and use promo code CARDS, C-A-R-D-S, at checkout. MyPillow comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, a 10-year warranty, and you can even wash and dry it. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation. That's the radio listener special at MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913 and use promo code CARDS. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, but we buy ugly houses, people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg, but did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no-obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize, tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast, do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to let you know about a newspaper in the New England area. If you're looking for poker tournaments or the latest promotions at Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, Twin River, or if you want to find out what's happening in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, or other casinos around the country then I recommend you check out New England Gaming News for all the latest news, events, and hot casino action from around the region. You can do that in one of two ways. You can either pick up their free copies at gambling venues throughout New England, or you can visit them at www.thenegn.com and sign up for exclusive specials and promotions. That's www.thenegn.com. The N-E-G-N, T-H-E-N-E-G-N dot com. The New England Gaming News, New England's only resource for complete casino and poker news. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's JerseyManMagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Hey, this is Dave Weishaddle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of November 14th, 2016. Along with voting for a new president last week, some voters got to choose whether to allow more casinos in their state. Voters in New Jersey and Massachusetts defeated measures to expand casino gaming in their states, while the voters of Rhode Island chose in favor of a new casino. The casino in Rhode Island would be located in the town of Tiverton, which is a town close to the Massachusetts border. Last week, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie was given the authority to seize control of financially strapped Atlantic City. In a 5-0 vote, the local finance board approved a five-year state takeover of the city to prevent Atlantic City from possibly going bankrupt. The decision gives the Christie administration power to sell city assets, reverse decisions of the city council, and to negotiate union contracts in the city. And finally, the poker world has a brand new champion. Kui Win has won the World Series of Poker's main event. The 39-year-old native of Vietnam beat out a field of over 6,700 players in order to win the gold bracelet and take home over $8 million. Win won his last hand after a nine-hour heads-up session, which was the longest in tournament history. Congratulations from all of us at House of Cards. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio.
This fall, forget about the leaves and start raking chips. Join us for the Borgata Fall Poker Open November 8th through the 23rd. Test your skills during two weeks of checking, raising, calling, and bluffing your way to the top spot leading up to the Fall Poker Open Championship featuring a $1 million guaranteed prize pool. Qualify online at BorgataPoker.com. Available in New Jersey only. For complete tournament details, visit TheBorgata.com. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the House of Cards. Do you know what a straight flush is? It's like unbeatable. Like unbeatable is not unbeatable. Hey, I know that now. Welcome back, everyone. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. And listeners, uh, just in case you tuned in just now, we're talking to Bill Friedman, the author of this extraordinary book, 30 Illegal Years to the Strip. So, okay, let me ask you a couple of specific questions. People got a lot of their knowledge or so-called knowledge about Las Vegas from the movies, The Godfather, Casino, even Goodfellas. What in those movies is true and what is not true, if anything is true? What is true and what isn't true? Nothing's true uh, with some rare exceptions. They'll pull an incident that may have happened. They, they presented all of these guys as uh, bullies. And they, um, uh, it, what, what I present in my book is this. During the era we're talking about, not today, some of these guys were political powerhouses in the overworld. Can you imagine if you had one of these gangsters you see in the movies, a boss, and you go see him, you're a cop, you're a politician, and you want some money, and he starts threatening you, you think you're going to do any business with him? I'll give you an example. I have three other men that I talk to extensively about this. Uh, Two of them are still dear friends and alive. One of them has passed away. He was not a close friend, but he ran a major business, and I had to interview him because he sold all the casinos. Between the four of us, we each, not all of the people, but at least one of us had done, uh, been close to a major uh, gang leader in America. Between the four of us, we had had contact with every one. One of them was an architect. Whenever they wanted to do a nightclub, a, uh, a bar, a restaurant, he drew it for them. The second one had a huge um, uh, business supplying restaurants and bars. He would design the interior of and, and, and decorate the interior of the public area, supply all the bar and restaurant equipment, and he did it free of charge but he charged a large interest rate on the money as they paid it off after they were open. The third one was a great marketer who made them popular. And I asked each one, because they all had major legitimate businesses, number one, not one of the guys any of them ever dealt with talked tough. They talked exactly the way you and I are right now. You get them alone. If they're out in the streets, they may look bad. If you get them in a mug shop, they'll look bad. And you get them one-on-one, and they're just normal people. And I asked each of these three guys why they did business with the mob, because they had major legitimate business. And all three of them gave me the same answer. The gangsters always paid, they demanded less, and they appreciated it more. Totally the opposite of the movies. Okay, I get that. And I certainly, when I read your book, I realized that from your perspective, and it's well documented, uh, Frank Costello, Lucky Luciano, those guys were businessmen, Meyer Lansky, and not tough guys. But when we think of the mafia, you're not telling us that the mafia is not brutal and horrible, but you're making a distinction between these top-of-the-line um, gangsters and the mafia. Could you draw that distinction and explain the relationship between 
you know, the mafia that was in New York and spread to other cities and these kind of big time syndicate guys that organized prohibition and then came into Las Vegas and ran the casinos. Can you explain that relationship for us? Okay, we're back to gamblers and non-gamblers. Let's take first the general people you're talking about. The guys who came to Vegas were only interested in gambling, so they're a unique breed. The rest of them, they committed horribly, horrible crimes. They used violence, the threat of violence. They exploited people. I mean, I feel as strongly as anyone listening uh, and negatively about them. But what I'm telling you, when they did business with someone, they did it very straight. That's why people did business with them. They at least kept their word. If, if they thought they could steal the money from you, they would. But if they needed to do business with you, they absolutely kept their word. I never heard of a case of any of these guys doing it. So I'm not making them good men. I'm saying they didn't behave like they did in Hollywood. They knew when to be the bully and when not to be the bully. The gamblers were never like this. So the people you mentioned, my book is about them. They were the three. They headed the three biggest gangs in Prohibition, and then they built. They or their associates built Vegas. So you're mentioning Costello, Luciano, Meyer Lansky. These were gambling men. They were in the middle of all of these other gangs, but they never committed any of those crimes, and they wouldn't take a piece of the action. Would the FBI agree with you about them, or would they say, no, Bill's being naive, they didn't tell him all the bad stuff that we have on them, or would they say, yeah, Bill's got it exactly right, they were not violent, horrible men, they, were, they used violence in defense of themselves, but they were gamblers, they were prohibition, I mean, they were uh, rum runners, but they were not like uh, Al Capone or Frank Nitti or the guys in New York in the Mafia. They, they weren't involved in any crimes where they were trying to push people around. Interesting, I wouldn't know what the FBI would say, but I'll give you just a little hint, because that's all I've got, is in my book, I show how uh, Luciano, no question, was framed, absolute framed to prison for life for a crime that never even occurred. I have an FBI report, which I uh, ha- I put in there, in which the agent, and that wasn't his goal, was uh, guilt or innocence. They were checking out uh, Luciano's contacts. And the agent said, I end up feeling like a lot of other people that this was a frame job. That was to go, went to J. Edgar Hoover. Um, and uh, Meyer Lansky, because he was such a famous guy and the press had built them into this master criminal, spent the last 30 years of his life trying to nail him, and they, if you go through their records that they've released, you can't find them tying him to any crime. Now, would they say he was not a bad man? That, I have no idea. But their records, they couldn't find anything, but this wasn't a failure of the FBI. He didn't do anything else. Okay, so what was the connection between those guys, uh, Lansky and Luciano, to the groups that we generally consider to be those horrible, violent groups uh, came out of New York, the Sicilians, the Mafia. What's the connection? Okay, the two biggest gangs uh, uh, in Prohibition, and and this book is about the three biggest, so this is their whole story. Um, They were based in Manhattan because Manhattan had over... Uh, half of the wealthy people of America living in it, and they were supplying the finest liquor from around the world. It was legal until it got to our territorial waters, and that's where the crime occurred. It was legitimate, the finest and most expensive legitimate booze. The biggest gang was headed by a partnership, and no one knew this till I got to know these guys, and they told me, was Luciano, Meyer Lansky, Ben Siegel, um, Joe Adonis, and a man no one knows, he kept a low-profile, wonderful man uh, that I knew well, uh, Vincent Allo, that everybody in the underworld and overworld knew as Jimmy Blue Eyes. I don't even know if anyone knew his name. The second biggest gang was headed by Costello. Now, you'd think they'd be enemies, but instead, all of these guys, just like when they got to Vegas, them and their associates, they 
they supported each other, they protected each other, they worked together. So these two gangs worked together. Well, in New York City, they wanted Manhattan, there were five mafia gangs. And so they paid off, these two gangs paid off to the biggest gang. And the gang leader made Luciano his lieutenant. Luciano brought in Costello as one of his uh, guys so that although they had to pay the boss a percentage, they got free reign to run their businesses, and they stayed out of the rest of it. When the man who was above, a man by the name of Marazon, uh, no, got, uh, that comes later, uh, Masseria, yeah, when Masseria, who was the head of the biggest mafia gang, was killed, Luciano took his place, and he also was made the boss of bosses. At that first meeting, uh, which I've got in the book, he got up there and everybody was preparing to pay him off. One, he didn't want any money that came from crimes that hurt people. He didn't want to touch that money. That was blood money to him. The second thing was he hated having to pay off. He wanted everybody to have free reign and do their thing. So he said, one, no one gives me anything. Two, the boss of bosses, he didn't reject it because it would have gone to someone else who would have given him heartaches. He took it, and he completely gutted the whole thing. He created a commission of mafia bosses. There was 24 gangs in the country, and several of them were on this commission with an equal vote. He had one vote with them. He, in effect, threw out the whole thing except kept the title so everyone would leave him alone. His whole life... He spent um, uh, avoiding getting involved with other people. I have another story, if you want to hear it, about Siegel and Lansky. Yes, I want and, to hear it. <laughs> and, and how this thing, uh, well, there, we had the, the five people in the biggest gang. We had Costello and we had Mo Dalitz, who had the third biggest gang in Cleveland and supplied the Midwest, including Capone. So... Dallas had a gang that included Capone. Capone was known for being... No, 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 oh. no. He sold the Capone independently. Capone was a true, violent, horrible guy, right? He wasn't just a gambler and a rum runner. He was he, horrible. He, he was, in, in this era, I, I concluded that he was the most murderous of them all. And Anastasia in New York was the most psychopathic Ironically, these guys were terrible cold-blooded killers. This will sound crazy to your audience. I've studied it a half century. It's part of my life, and I still find it crazy. These two horrible men absolutely loved these seven guys. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back. Do you have what it takes to compete against the best in the world? Find out at the 14th Annual Borgata Poker Open, September 6th through the 23rd. Test your skills during two weeks of checking, raising, calling, and bluffing your way to the top spot during over 40 events. Enter to win your share of Borgata's largest poker prize pool of the year in Borgata's largest poker tournament of the year. The televised WPT Borgata Poker Open Championship starts September 18th with a $3 million guaranteed prize pool. Catch all the action of the final tables for the $2 million guaranteed deep stack kickoff. The $1 million guaranteed Almighty Stack and the WPT Borgata Poker Open Championship in exclusive live streamed events at theborgata.com. The 2016 Borgata Poker Open at Borgata in Atlantic City, September 6th through the 23rd. Satellite your way into Borgata Poker Open events online at borgatapoker.com. For tournament details and live streamed events, visit theborgata.com. Available in New Jersey only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards, and you know this show keeps me busy traveling around the country. Do you hear all that noise behind me? That's a casino floor in Atlantic City. Even though I'm around all this excitement, I still need a good night's sleep, and that's why I bring my pillow everywhere. Now, don't get me wrong, the hotel rooms here are very comfortable, but some of their pillows aren't the best for my back and neck. That's why my pillow is a must for me when I travel. And right now, my pillow is offering a special four for one deal. You get two my pillow premiums and two go anywhere travel pillows. 
all for the price of one MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913, click on or mention Radio Listener Special, and use promo code CARDS, C-A-R-D-S, at checkout. MyPillow comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, a 10-year warranty, and hey, you can even wash and dry it. You deserve a restful, deep, comfortable, and like me, healing night's sleep. That's the Radio Listener Special at MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913 and use promo code CARDS. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. This This is is the House of Cards. This is your polter education. Let's play some cards. Welcome back, everybody. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Huh, because? They, uh, they just respected them. Their honor, their ability to negotiate, their ability to compromise. They loved their values. They didn't live them, but they loved them for them. I see. And so whenever there was political, whenever they were going to war in the underworld, these three gangs could call those two, they had the second and third biggest mafia gangs, and say, are you going to throw your support so we can shut this down before it blows up? And they'd say, we're with you. And uh, so their values, these seven men, their values differed from uh, organized crime values. They didn't believe in violence except in self-defense. They absolutely preached against vengeance. They said all that does is create more enemies because every time we kill somebody, they're families want to their blood families want to come after us and an eye for an eye just makes the whole world blind and the last thing is they hated monopoly they they were american businessmen they were capitalists they they wanted monopoly and so they had a whole different framework they couldn't make the other people do what they wanted but they lived their own life and were respected for it but um they're for many years, the FBI had a list of what they called the to get into move from there into Siegel and Lansky. After Prohibition, all these guys were nothing but casinos, and they had we're talking about elegant casinos that make the finest places on the Las Vegas Strip uh, 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 pale in comparison. I mean, these guys really ran incredible places. Some of them required men to be in tuxedos to come in and gamble. You can imagine how their wives were adorned. So when Siegel and, well, let's start with the FBI. For years, they had a list of what they called open cities. No gang ran it. It had criminal gangs in it, but there was an agreement that anybody could operate. Every one of those cities was opened up for illegal gambling by either Meyer Lansky or Ben Siegel. They'd go in, they'd bribe the prosecutors, the police, the judges, for illegal gambling only. And then they'd open up a casino, but instead of saying, this is our territory, we'll have you arrested if you come in. You don't have to use violence when you've got the law on your side. You just tell them to close down the interlopers and throw them in jail. Instead of that, they'd call up all the major gangs and say, we've opened the town up, you're all welcome. These were businessmen, and they knew something that has occurred. What I'm going to tell you, every time it's been tried, you would think one casino in an area 
would do absolutely fabulous because of supply and demand. But when you have three or more casinos together, it becomes a gambling center. And every time we've had the combination, every one of them makes more money than when there was a lone casino. They were going to make more money, and they had no arguments with anybody. And those towns still today have multiple gangs in it. That open city is still respected. Bill, this is amazing. I, I definitely could go on at least another hour. I've got to end this, though, for now. But I want to make sure that our listeners know how they can get a copy of this extraordinary book, which I have not seen anywhere. So tell them how they can go about getting it. The print copy is available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com for $19.99. Uh, some stores have it, but uh, we haven't tried to distribute it. The ebook is available at all retail, at all internet uh, ebook retailers for $9.99. <laughs> uh, they can also go to my website uh, for information and my blog. Uh, Bill What's your website? Friedman. Give us your website. Bill Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N, author.com. Well, Bill, this is an, first of all, 1995 is an extraordinarily low price for a book that uh, really is a combination of a great mystery and detective story and an academic uh, documentation of the mob and Las Vegas and a biography of all these guys that we think we knew, uh, but we don't. I... I want to schedule you back on soon because I want to ask all the other questions I wrote down to ask you that I can't ask you now. So we'll have to talk again soon, Bill, okay? I look forward. Okay, great. Listeners, that was the extraordinary author, Bill Friedman, who has written really a remarkable book, 30 Illegal Years to the Strip. I recommend it to everybody. We have to end here. We will have him back. So um, that'll do it for this week. Come back next week. Until then, good day and good luck. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.